The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso, and I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. Thank you for joining me. We have a great show coming up today. We're going to talk about doula care as it relates to labor and delivery as well as breastfeeding. I'm really looking forward to this. I have joining me today my special guest, Teresa Bailey, who is the author of Doula's Guide to Birthing Your Way. Welcome, Teresa. Thank you so much, Marie. I'm glad to be here. It's great to have you. Uh, I should just give our listeners just a little bit of an overview of what we'll be talking about today. And then I want to just say a few words about my initial encounters with you, which uh, is just one of my things. I usually like to just talk to people a little bit about how I met all the interesting people that I get to have on my show. So for those of you who are listening, we're going to talk about sort of the overall role that the doula plays in providing providing physical and emotional support and advocacy. We'll talk about the efficacy of doulas, and we'll also be talking about the role of the doula in breastfeeding. And finally, in the last segment, we'll be wrapping things up with a little recap from both Teresa and me. We'll probably both get our dibs in on that. Uh, Teresa, I wanted to welcome you and tell you from almost the first minute that I met you, you just seemed like such an interesting woman. I can still see you. You came to my comprehensive course that I gave in Baltimore, and you were sitting over on the right-hand side, and I, I remember you distinctly, and I would not say that you hogged the conversation or anything like that, but most definitely when you spoke up, you always had a really interesting question to ask, and so I just thought, wow, this woman is a thinker. Uh, so I really enjoyed having you with the course, and it's been so great that uh, we've just kept in touch, I guess, on and off ever since then. Yes, I really enjoyed your course, and I've enjoyed being an IBCLC, too. And, and tell me this, Teresa, because some people might not know this. You're also an attorney. Can you give us just a two-sentence recap of how did you get from being an attorney to being a doula and a lactation consultant? Well, I was on a ship at sea, and the chaplain went into a coma. No, um, <laughs> I was, I, um, it's, it's not an easy road, but I actually was working at trying to become either a librarian or a lawyer. I have both degrees. And 
taking the bar exam in Pennsylvania, and I actually gave myself a, a minute to step back and say, what would I do if I really could do what I wanted to do? Love that question. And I was married, and we were thinking of having a child, and I was reading books about that. And I came across the concept of doula, and I thought, ooh, birth, that sounds fun. And uh, I went to my first birth as a doula, and I really enjoyed it. It was just an amazing experience. Kind of resonated for you. So tell us, (laughs) what's a doula? What is a doula? A doula is a woman um, who provides five kinds of support during labor for a laboring mom. A postpartum doula helps a, a mom after the baby's born. So okay. we say there are five kinds of support. Physical support, emotional support, informational support, spiritual support, and mediation support. Mm. And we don't provide, what we don't do, we're not a midwife, and we don't right. provide medical care or medical advice or interpretations. So I assume that a labor doula attends the mother who's in labor. That seems pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. But how long does she stay with the mother thereafter? And what's a postpartum doula? When does the labor doula exit? And when does the postpartum doula enter? Sometimes it's the same woman. Many of us do both, put on a different hat and become uh-huh. a postpartum doula for maybe the same client. But what happens with the birth doula is she prepares, she helps the mom, hopefully she meets her well before her labor starts and helps prepare her for the birth. Then during the birth, she provides continuous support. Um, and then after the birth, usually there's sort of a magical period right after the birth where the mom starts to nurse. Uh, she, well, she's cleaned up probably. You help her clean up. She, then she gets ready to breastfeed and you help her with that. It depends on her, what they call postpartum recovery time, which varies. Sure. Uh-huh. But usually we wait through that and stay with her until she's at the point where she might uh, be phoning relatives or or uh, texting or whatever she's going to do, or she's ready to take her nap. So at the uh-huh. point where she really doesn't need anybody and, and they, the new family needs their space, that's when you leave for the day. With the proviso that if something unexpected happens, you can always come back or you can always talk to them. And so the, the birth doula actually does try and keep in touch with the mom however much she wants uh, in the first six weeks after birth, just to answer questions, maybe to pay one more visit. But the postpartum doula may enter at any point during that time as well. She may be called in in the hospital to assist with lactation if the mom needs it. Many hospitals have lactation consultants, but they might not be there for the weekend. Sure. They might, they might not be there when the mom needs them. So the postpartum doula will come in then, um, or the postpartum doula will come to the mother at her home. Now, Teresa, what about, you just mentioned that sometimes the labor doula can be the same as the postpartum doula. If you are wearing both hats, so to speak, 
do you exit once the mother starts calling her family and, you know, takes a nap and such? Do you exit and then do you come back or do you just stay? I definitely exit. Part uh-huh. of the reason is because if I've been to the birth, we stay for the entire birth, however long that is, which may be six hours, eight hours, or it could be 36 hours or more, mm-hmm. depending on how long the birth has been. So actually, how long you can stay afterward sort of depends on how long the birth has been as well. Well, yes. <laughs> I, 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 I well, I've sort of lived through that because, as you know, I've been a labor nurse for many years, and I know that there's the time that the mother comes to the hospital. That's my experience, but I know that you are often in the homes. And the other thing that I know is that I have been sort of a non-credentialed doula sometimes. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like for a friend yes, or something. Certainly. And they call me at 11 o'clock in the morning and I drop everything I'm doing. And I the next morning it's, you know, 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning and it's like, holy moly, I either need to go to work or go to sleep or something. But it's been a long, <laughs> a long bunch of hours here. So I, I can relate to that. Um, tell me this, too, because a lot of people talk about uh, a doula being beyond their budget. Do mm-hmm. doulas charge by the hour or by the case or what? How, how, does, how does that work? Well, so there are different kinds of doulas that uh, practice. The way that our group practices and the way that many doulas practice is by the mother hiring us directly. And a postpartum doula is paid by the hour. So there's a fee, an hourly fee, and usually she has to sign up for 15 hours but can sign up for more hours if she wants to. The birth doula is by the case. And so you're there for the mother regardless of how short or long the birth is. And that's nice because you're not penalizing her for the uh, yeah, long birth. Labor. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So, Teresa, did I understand then that you said that for the postpartum doula, it's a minimum of 15 hours at least in your practice and probably similar practices? Yes, it's, it's a minimum because there's gas involved and uh, getting to the person's house and so forth. And really... The thing that most mothers don't understand before they have their first baby is that all women need support after birth. Yes. Our society isn't particularly set up for that. Some women have close mothers or mothers-in-law that can help them, which is great. Some women have sisters who've had babies who can support them, which is great, or, or close friends. But many moms, have uh, their families have moved from where they began and so they may not have immediate family around them and yes. there is no mechanism for that kind of support and of course often they have a, um, the father there uh, their baby's father but he also needs support because he also oh, went right. through the birth and he's also learning how to it, be a dad yes. Yes. for the first time so even though he can be supportive of his wife he can't be the sole support I like your word, soul support, because I do hear that a lot, and we're about what my husband's going to be, my labor coach, and on the other side of the break, we'll talk about that a little bit more. I just wanted to 
uh, fill in a couple of blanks here that I would like readers to, uh, uh, I'm sorry, readers, you can tell I'm an author. I I write, so I think about the written word. Uh, But I'd like our listeners to understand is that effectiveness of the emotional and social support of the doula and I think that we all know that for centuries, laboring women have been supported by other women. Women who are experienced in birth. Absolutely. Not other men. And certainly in cultures other than our own, it is that women call on other women who are experienced, who do do this, whether they call them a midwife, a doula, or whatever. It is a woman. And oddly, we have a number of, quote, older studies. I, I, I always go nuts on that because people think if it's more than five years old, then, you know, it isn't worth reading, and that's just not true. But mm-hmm. we have a number of older studies showing the efficacy of emotional support. And it seems to me that these are just never on the radar of the mainstream obstetrical health care team. But yet, these are extremely well-done studies, and because they were so well-done, I think it's very unlikely that they're going to be repeated. So I think that those of us who are in the mainstream healthcare system need to do our due diligence, go back and read things like Hoffmeyer's study, which was a randomized control trial, and it showed that companionship, hello, that would be like doulas, resulted in significantly less use of pain medication, and women are more likely to be breastfeeding at six uh, weeks. So those are the kinds of things that we're going to talk about on the other side of the break. I'd like to give our listeners just a few minutes to digest everything that you've said about um, the overall role of the doula, and when we come back... Uh, Teresa and I will be talking more about the efficacy of doulas. I'm Marie Biancuzzo with Born to be Breastfed with my special guest, Teresa Bailey, author of Doula's Guide to Birthing Your Way. We'll be back right after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Nine different energy systems make up the energy body. 
Energy is all around us and connects us. Energy exerts a major control over our biology and is a big reason why you should be tuning in to Energy Medicine and Optimal Health with your host, Dr. Ann Deatley. We'll explore energy balance techniques, tips, and patterns to keep your flow of energy optimal to maintain maximal health. By adopting these techniques, you will keep your energy body and physical body in harmony. Listen for Energy Medicine and Optimal Health, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. This is Born to be Breastfed with Marie Biancuto and with my special guest today, Teresa Bailey, who is the author of Doula's Guide to Birthing Your Way. Now, before the break, Teresa and I were talking about what is a doula and her overall role. We ended just a little bit about talking about how for centuries women have supported other women, and that is most certainly the core of what either the postpartum or the labor doula does. So before we go on, oh, I just want to remind you two things, actually. If you have questions, please email me at radio at borntobebreastfed.com. I will repeat that. It's radio at borntobebreastfed.com. If you're enjoying the show, please remember to tell a friend. My goal is to help remove the barriers that keep women from beginning or continuing to breastfeed. And I know that this show is already helping people to make their own decisions and to reach their goals. So help me to help your friends. And Teresa, I know that you're going to help all of us to do those things. I'd like to pick up by telling you a story that actually happened to me, uh, uh, not the first time, but just a recent time. I was very unsuccessful convincing a couple to hire a doula. I was very concerned about the hospital and their unfriendly policies towards babies in general and breastfeeding in particular. And I felt that a doula would advocate for the mother in the first hour or so after birth so that the mother could breastfeed or at least have skin-to-skin contact with the baby. Now, having worked in hospitals for many, many years myself, I realized that to some extent, the doula is a, a, a guest at the hospital, meaning she's not an employee. So it sort of seems like she's in the hospital, but she's sort of with us, but she's not one of us, so to speak. And that can create a pretty awkward situation. So tell me, how does the doula go about advocating for the mother when she's sort of not part of the hospital system? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. It depends upon the hospital, of course. Uh, We have hospitals in, I work in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and we have hospitals in Pittsburgh that 
welcome doulas and even give us a badge, a hospital badge, so that we can get into the area that you have to uh, use the magnetic badge for, which is really great. Those hospitals, they treat us as if we are auxiliary staff. We're not their staff, but we are professionals who have come to work, which is different from the woman bringing her aunt or her sister who are not considered professionals. So what we try to do as doulas is establish, we always wear our ID badge, we have our own ID badge. We always introduce ourselves to the people in the room, the nurse. One of the things that I do is, depending on the hospital, there's a little board up in the room. Yes. And the board uh-huh. says the name of the nurse, the name of the doctor, the various names. And I always go up there and write doula, colon, and then my name. Very good. And so, so when they come in, uh, if everybody's being quiet, they can see who I am without wondering what's going on. But generally speaking, we try to make sure that we're looking professional. And many nurses will be happy to see us because they know that when they leave the room, the mother is still going to have continuous support. Uh And they also know that if there's a difficulty, if we spot a problem, I can't medically diagnose something, but I've seen so many births that if the, if the heart tracing on the baby looks worrisome sure. uh, or, or there's some kind of worrisome situation, I will run right out and get the nurse. Yeah, and you've got antennas. In. Your antenna goes up and you go and get the nurse. That's right. And, and they yes. can trust that we won't not get them when the situation calls for it. So the... the The hospitals in our area are very familiar with us. They're very familiar with my particular group, and we try to be professional. So the other portion of it is if you were a doula in a situation where the hospital wasn't familiar with doulas, is to go in prior to the birth and talk to the nurse manager. Mm -hmm. Tell her that you're going to be coming in. Not have it be a surprise. And we tend to do that, do preparation before the births. And then... Um, When it comes to advocacy or mediation, what I try and do is advocate prior to the birth, but mediate during, because we want to be on the same team. We want everyone on the same team, and that's the team of people supporting the mother who's in labor. And we never want to argue with a nurse or a doctor over the mother So I never do that. If I needed to talk to a nurse, I would take her out privately and speak to her. So, Teresa, do I understand that you try to head off what you think might be an issue before it becomes an issue? That's right. And one of the ways we do that is with every one of our moms, they write a birth vision. Many places call it a birth plan. In my book, we call it a birth vision because while you can have priorities and concerns and things that you care about about your birth, you can't really plan birth. That's right. And so you can envision what your priorities and preferences are and put them down. And we bring that document to the doctor before the birth or the midwife, whoever the mother's going to. But we also bring it to the birth so that whichever nurse comes in that day, she can know 
what is the, this mother's feeling about this birth in particular, and what are the things that she's really looking for? And that varies from mother to mother. So do you take that up with the nurse, or does the mother, or do you do it together, or does it kind of depend on the situation? I'm thinking that if they're doing hoot hout, they're probably, you know, not going <laughs> to take that on themselves. But um, she's in labor. <laughs> so oftentimes I will bring it up to the nurse when I introduce myself quietly while the mom is resting, hopefully, between contractions. Um, the fine line is we don't want to speak, as a doula, I don't want to speak for the mother. But on the other hand, when she's in labor and it's something that is on the birth vision or that we've discussed beforehand, I will mention it, yes, especially yes. if the mom's in the middle of a contraction. You know, that's something that I, you mentioned that fine line. I'm thinking of one woman one time that I swear her doctor came in every 10 minutes saying, are you ready for an operation yet? Are you ready for an operation yet? Are you ready for an operation yet? Oy. And each time she said, no, no, no. And at one point, it seemed as if he had just kind of worn her down. Mm -hmm. And I heard myself saying, doctor, you've heard her several times say she's not ready for the operation yet. I think she's answered your question. <laughs> and she just kind of looked up at me like, yeah, because I didn't have the strength to fend him off one more time. But I remember that, that scenario, I can see the room the whole bit because I felt like in her heart she really didn't want to go for that operation, but she didn't have the strength to say it. And that is a hard line to walk, isn't it? It really is, because as a doula, our role is to support the mother and to support her and help her have her own confidence. Because yes. we believe, and actually, as you said, the studies do show, that women who have been listened to in birth, who have felt like they made their own decisions, who had a, a good process those women start off as mothers in on a more confident foot and they start off as breastfeeding mothers on a more confident more foot. foot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with you. It's, um, I've seen that sometimes with epidurals. I'll withhold my comment for a moment when uh, I, I want to ask you about kind of where we started at the beginning of the hour, which sure. is, Oh, I don't need a doula. My husband's going to be my support person. Now, as a person who has worked many, many nights, I will tell you, even the best of husbands get really tired. They sit in the recliner by about 2.30 a.m. They're tired. They're whipped. Sometimes they're having a difficult time watching their wife, quite honestly, having a hard time, don't really know what to do. And no matter how well prepared they are, the fact of the matter is that their ability to be supportive to the extent that she needs it is pretty limited. So how do I convince a woman that while her husband may be a good source of support, he is probably not prepared to be a sole support and the doula is not a replacement? How, how, do I, like, how do I help with that? Right. That's a question that we often get with first-time moms. Oddly, we don't get that with moms who are having their second baby. Uh-huh. But um, the dad, the way we have done birth recently in the past few decades is that we expect dad to be there for the whole birth 
and to see the baby coming out, which is wonderful and great and a great experience and bonding experience for dad. Yes, yes. But at the same time, many of those dads have never seen a birth. True. And they don't know what real birth looks like. And so they may have seen one or two videos in their class, but that's not the same thing as knowing. So to answer your question, dads provide loving support and doulas provide, doulas aren't in love with the mother. They provide a caring, but they're somewhat detached. They're detached enough so that they can say, this is normal. She's okay. I can tell. And this is the way it really looks, and she'll be fine. Whereas the dad is just often seeing his wife in pain. Yes. yes. Or maybe he does need a break, and doulas will provide that. You know, maybe let him go out for a little walk or go get a snack or, or take a, a little nap. And at the same time, not let him miss the main event. But she will have support at the same time. So I've had a lot of dads say to me, hiring you was the best money I've ever spent. Amen. Oh, what a great place to be able to take our next break. The best money I've ever spent. I'm Marie Biancuso with Born to be Breastfed. I'm here with Teresa Bailey, author of Doula's Guide to Birthing Your Way. We'll be right back after this short break. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you, too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that, too, through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. 
To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Born to be Breastfed with Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with my guest, Teresa Bailey, author of Jula's Guide to Birthing Your Way. And uh, just before we went to break, we were talking about the efficacy of doulas in general. And now, actually, I'd like to put Teresa on the spot to give us some real action-packed data, statistics, hard statistics. Um, Teresa, can you talk to us a little bit about how doulas have been shown in really good research studies to make a difference to birth outcomes? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure, yes. And um, one of the outcomes that we help decrease is what they call um, the complication of not spontaneous birth meaning either a, a cesarean birth or a vacuum or a forceps birth. Uh-huh. And doulas do um, decrease those interventions. So um, I actually looked at my own statistics for the past two and a half years Ooh. to see what is my cesarean rate, for example. And Pittsburgh in general has, in the past year, um, a rate of around 32%. Which, is, Which, by the way, is about the national average. It's about, yes, yeah, it's almost a third of women yep. will be having a cesarean birth, which most women don't realize. Yes. My yes. personal statistics for two and a half years past were um, 14%, which well, means that I do go to cesarean births and I don't have a magic wand. Sure. I wish I did. But usually one of the reasons why a doula will decrease your chance of having a cesarean is because she she's hired by a specific mom for a specific birth and she really cares about the outcome to her it makes a difference and she's really hoping that this won't be a cesarean birth just as the mother is hoping it won't be a cesarean so marie you were asking me about hard data there's a Cochrane review of 2012, and the Cochrane reviews are the gold standard of yeah. research. Um, yes. And I'm, I just wanted to give you a quote from their plain language summary. It said that women who receive continuous labor support were more likely to give birth spontaneously, i.e., give birth with neither cesarean nor vacuum nor forceps. In addition, women were less likely to use pain medications, were more likely to be satisfied, and had slightly shorter labors. Their babies were less likely to have the low 5-minute APGAR score. No adverse effects were identified. We conclude that all women should have continuous support during labor, continuous support from a person who is present solely to provide support, not a member of the woman's social network, mm. is established, is experienced in providing labor support, yes, and has at least a modest amount of training. That's the most benefit. So basically hiring a doula is there's no adverse effect, but there is usually a beneficial effect. 
Teresa, for the benefit of our professional listeners, because we have them as well as mothers, I'm assuming that that's Hodnet's 2012 study. Yes, it is. And basically what you've told us here is that everything gets better or is more likely to get better in terms of outcomes when the mother has a doula. And it so happens that one of my heroes in life is uh, Dr. Marshall Klaus and uh, his partner, Dr. Kennel. The, um, uh, this was actually not a study. It was more of a commentary. But I just wanted to grab and read what I've got by uh, Dr. Klaus in um, Breastfeeding Medicine, published 2010. It's just a short quote here, but he mm-hmm. says... Mm-hmm. Since 1975, we have been studying the role of a support person for women during labor. These studies demonstrated that labor was shortened by 25% with the presence of a doula who was with the mother continuously. The cesarean suction rate was reduced by 45%. Pain medication to the mother was reduced by 30%. Use of forceps by 40%, an epidural rate by 30 to 60%. And so what I think, you just took sort of the most recent one, and I yeah. wanted to point out what uh, Klaus said, because this is, uh, we all appreciate new studies, and we absolutely appreciate the uh, stringency, if you will, of those studies that came out in the Cochrane database. But I think that we need to realize that this didn't just happen overnight. We have had this information since 1975. And so sometimes what I see is that we talk about, oh, evidence-based practice. The evidence is out there. We're just ignoring it. And so I would like to urge anyone who's listening, either parents or professionals, to realize that Teresa is standing on really solid ground here, not only with the studies that back up what she does, but the fact that her personal statistics really show those kinds of things as well. Um, I'm just... uh, I get so nuts about that whole cesarean thing. Don't even get me to go there because I uh, did a show recently on cesarean uh, uh, breastfeeding after cesarean births. And, you know, the fact of the matter is by the time you got to the the breastfeeding piece, you've got to play the hand you're dealt. Mm -hmm. But truth of it is, I really believe that if women had doulas in the first place, exclusive breastfeeding and any breastfeeding is more likely to occur, and we don't exactly know why, but I really do believe that a lot of it is that I believe I can do it kind of thing. Uh, that is absolutely true. And we do have a bag of tricks, literally a bag of tricks that we take. <laughs> uh-huh. that, that includes um, using things like the birth ball, that includes using things like the rebozo. Um, but it is true that when a mother has in her corner a woman who's saying, you can do this, you are doing this, it's going yes. to happen, yes, you're doing great. Yes. It helps her when she's flagging. Absolutely. And when sometimes when everything is going okay, but um, the mother just flags uh, or is just too tired, a doula can help her pick herself up and have a vaginal birth. You know, you bring that up, I'm thinking that very often, and you've written a book, you know how terribly painful it is. 
I so many times would feel very discouraged. And my husband, bless his little heart, I would sometimes call him at work and I would say, hello. And he would say, you can do this, dear. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even tell him what it was. (laughs) But I think the difference is that when it's your husband, your partner, your mother, your whoever, you think that they're sort of just telling you that because they want to make you feel better. But I think that when a professional says you can do this, you are doing this, this is going well, somehow the fact that that person is a little removed from the scenario actually sort of makes it better, you know? It makes it more easy to believe. And as I said, we have a lot of hours of birth experience where, as her partner, is is likely not going to have that. Yes. And, And that experience is just so, so important. So tell me this. Um... What do you say if you're a mother who's going to have a midwife at the birth? Would you still want a doula? Well, yes, I believe so. Midwives are, they do practice in a very different manner from obstetricians. And midwives say that they they specialize in the normal. Yes. So, whereas obstetricians should be specializing in the outliers, Correct. Although in our culture, most women go to an obstetrician. I agree. But yeah, uh, but being <laughs> what That's we a say is, for another show, huh? <laughs> fact, what we say about midwives is, if you're there to work and help with the birth, you could, they could always use another pair of hands. And so okay. we don't do the same thing that a midwife does. Um, we don't try and get in her way in any way, but. The mother could always use somebody to rub her back if the midwife is checking uh, the baby's heart rate. Absolutely. So we, as doulas, we never do the blood pressure. We never check the mother's cervix. We don't do any of the medical things. And the midwife has to do those medical things as well. So when the midwife is doing medical things, we can be doing the support, emotional, physical um, information support. We don't have to divide our duties that way. And so some of our, my most favorite birth memories are with midwives, and, um, and we, we are part of the team, which is wonderful. Um, and also, when it comes to right after the birth, um, who is it that helps the new mom with breastfeeding? Yes. That was my next question, which is, if I know you do a lot of home births. Who takes the lead, you or the midwife, with breastfeeding? Who takes the lead? Well, I was going to say the mother takes the lead. I like, um, so oftentimes right after the baby is born, the midwife has chores to do. She has to make sure that the mother's bleeding is under control and, you know, the the medical things are going fine. Um, But the doula will be watching for breastfeeding and helping the mother. Uh, I like to watch and be close and not put my hands on unless she looks up at me and says, help. <laughs> because I want the mom to have the most confidence possible and for her to feel like, I can do this, I'm doing this. Yes. So I, I will be there and I will help her. But I don't. I try not to butt in when things, yes. when she's having that time where she's learning how She's learning who her baby is and falling in love with her baby. 
And, you know, you can tell well, how I come from such a hospital mentality because I pretty much have to take the lead. I can't tell you how many women I have to suggest that the idea of putting their baby to breast is okay. And I've even had women ask me, is it okay if I put the baby to breast now? It's like, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the fact that they have to ask really tells me that as a society, we are not giving the right messages prenatally. It should be the woman who initiates that. But at least in the world that I've worked in, I often have to sort of give her the, I, I hate to say permission or go ahead, but, you know, kind of that's, that's kind of how it is. Well, this has been a really, really interesting segment. I'm Marie Biancuto with Born to be Breastfed. I'm here with my special guest, Teresa Bailey, author of The Doula's Guide to Breastfeeding Your Way. And when we come back, uh, I'm so, oh, Teresa, I'm sorry. It's birthing your way. Thank you for the correction. When we come back, we'll talk more with Teresa. Uh, and so I would encourage you stay tuned. We'll all be back right after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. This is Born to be Breastfed. You're listening to my show today with my guest, Teresa Bailey, author of Doula's Guide to Birthing Your Way. Now, before we really get into this segment, I want to encourage you two things. If you have questions, please email me. I'll give you the email address. It's radio at borntobebreastfed.com. I'll repeat that. Radio at borntobebreastfed.com. And if you're enjoying the show, please remember to tell a friend. My goal is really to help remove those barriers that keep women from beginning or continuing to breastfeed. And I know that this show is already helping. I know that my guest today, Teresa Bailey, is certainly helping you to have some confidence in ways that you can have a better breastfeeding experience just by hiring a doula. And we'll be back with many, many more shows to talk about many related kinds of things. So help me to help your friends. And right now... Just listen up for a minute while I ask Teresa what is probably the key question. Teresa, does it make a difference to a woman's breastfeeding success to have a doula? Absolutely. Definitely. And and how we do that is we start talking to the mother about breastfeeding directly before she gives birth. Uh-huh. Many times she's just asked by her doctor, are you going to breastfeed or not? And they just check off a box. Yep. But doulas talk to them and say, how can I help you prepare? Do you need to take a class? Uh, what do you know or not know about breastfeeding? And we help them to feel confident and ready to breastfeed before they give birth and talk about the essentials, like how important the first three days after birth are. Mm-hmm. How yes. do they breastfeed in the first three days? And ask and answer any possible question that they have. And if there's anything that's outside our scope as doulas, we have a a list of the resources in the area so we can say, hey, call this person for a class. Or Or, or listen to Marie's radio show on the first three days. (laughs) Exactly. Listen to Marie's radio show. Go to a Leche League meeting. Um, All of those things that can help uh, get the mom clued in and prepared so that she has names of people she can call if she's having difficulties so that she knows the basics before she gives birth and then after birth um, we're there for her if she has questions concerns needs somebody to come and help her Um, most of my clients well it's all of my personal clients are planning to breastfeed and Uh almost all of them succeed in doing the kind of breastfeeding that they were hoping to do and we we just make sure that they have the resources and when you say resources i do want to encourage anyone who's listening to first of all hear what teresa's saying about the importance of those first three days and know that one of those resources is i really honestly no joke did do a radio show on the uh breastfeeding in the first three days and if you didn't hear it when I did it live no problemo you can download it it will be available from now until like probably forever so I would encourage 
you, if you're listening to this show and you've heard Teresa and I both say how important this is, then kind of try to get up to speed with that other show where we, uh, at least I go into it, consider that one of the many resources that Teresa is talking about. So, Teresa, tell us this. Try to recap a little bit. Tell me three top reasons why a couple should hire a doula as related to breastfeeding or anything else, because we know that all of these things are all intertwined. One top reason is that she knows she will have depth of support. Ah, uh, uh-huh. She will have not only the doula, but the doula's connections. Mm-hmm. The second reason would be that she knows that she will have somebody who she can call at any time to answer the question that she hasn't thought up yet. And the question uh-huh. often is, is this normal? Yes. Moms yes. don't feel like calling their pediatrician for that, but yes. they will definitely call their doula. I would agree. And the third reason is because doulas, our job is to make sure that the mom is the most confident mom she can be. And what makes a better happier family than a mother who's confident. Yes, yes. And let me pick up with that by saying that I believe it was 1991 when Derek Jelliff said, breastfeeding is a confidence game. And it's so important to realize kind of what I said a minute ago, which is all of these things are really very much intertwined. When you have a, a, a better concept of yourself, so to speak, um, you're going to have a better labor, you're going to have a better delivery, you're going to have a better breastfeeding experience initially. And it seems to me like these things really can't be separated from one another. Would you agree? Yes, I would. And also, they can't be separated from the fact that um, if the mom feels confident and if she knows who she can reach out to when she has difficulties, she's going to also have fewer postpartum depressions, postpartum mood disorders. Oh, yes. And if she doesn't have that, then she'll be there to confidently be with her baby. So like I said, like you were saying, it's all intertwined. Yes. And tell me, why should I buy you? I, I, I have your book because you gave it to me when you were at the court. But, but if I'm somebody else, why should I buy your book? Well, our book, um, I wrote it with Jan Malik. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Our, our book is uh, easy to read, which is one thing. Uh, uh-huh. Moms have told us that they've sat and read through it <clears> in one <throat> night. And it also has a lot of illustrations on how to do various techniques. It has um, exactly how to write your own birth vision and why writing your own birth vision is very important. And it has a lot of um, interactive parts, quizzes and checklists so that you can get yourself prepared. And see, I really like that idea. I often tell people that when it's just swirling around in your brain, you haven't really owned it. When you start writing it down, you really start to own it. So I'm right. I'm a big proponent of writing things down. So, Teresa, I know that you are just outside of the greater Pittsburgh area, as I recall. Are you accepting new clients? And how can they find out about you and your services? Yes, you are accepting new clients. I I do accept Pittsburgh clients, yes. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And actually, I can Skype um, as as an IBCLC. I can Skype uh, for breastfeeding help, too. My, um, My website is... TeresaDoula.com, 
which is T-E-R-E-S-A-D-O-U-L-A dot com. Okay. And that's uh, one way of getting in touch with me. And also uh, on Facebook, there's the Heart and Hands Doula Service uh, Facebook page. And I'm also on Facebook as well. And my book is available on Amazon. Yes, and Teresa, right now we are having a technical difficulty with listing your book uh, as well as others, but we will have it up on my website so that people can very easily uh, get access to that. Well, that's all the time we have today. I'd like to thank Teresa Bailey, author of Doula's Guide to Birthing Your Way who has been with us for this hour. I'd like all of you to come back next week. We're going to have our uh, Christmas show. I'll be talking about gifts. My website is borntobebreastfed.com for a preview of that show. And if you're interested in professional continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. Again, that website is borntobebreastfed.com. By the way, I will be offering my first course of the year in sunny Orlando, if any of you are interested. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths, clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, just remember... Your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.